high school each Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Barney. Cellophane on the DVD of season two. I hope there's a commemorative fan in there. Welcome to Out of Practice Season 2, Episode 1. We are beginning Season 2 of the Practice. After the How's long, it going? After the long slog that was season one. Although I I've, I found that I might have said an anachronism. 1997, oh. we're probably still... Are we still in, in VHS land? I think... No, no, no. We definitely had DVDs then. But they might have been, like, posh. Yeah, yeah. You it was that, like the Apple Airbuds. Like, ooh, you have a DVD player? You had the choice when you went into that blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. The, uh... It was. I remember it being. It was so exciting because you didn't have to rewind them. Yep, we had a separate rewind machine. In fact, did oh, you were one of those families. Well, apparently, it was bad for the VCR to be rewinding and fast forwarding too much because the motor could wear out. So we had my dad got us. A, we were pimp man. We got a separate rewind machine. Oh, dude, yeah. Well, I, I always like was envious of the families that had a rewind machine because I was like, oh, they watch more movies than we do. This around the time must have been the time. Actually, I should have used this for my in the basement, but because mm. because Jurassic Park came out in 1997, right? Am I wrong on that? No, we we discussed watching Jurassic Park two just two episodes ago. Uh, so I'm all kinds of wrong, but I remember at, around this time in my life, my dad purchased us a laser disc player. Oh, really? Then that late? Yeah. Because by by 1997, like the laser discs were already. Full on out. Yes, this is when he got the laser disc player. <laughs> and we Perfect. only had we had Yanni live at the Acropolis, Yanni, uh, <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park, and uh, the Abyss. Those were the only DV- laser discs we ever had. Oh, the Abyss! I had a friend who had the Abyss on laser disc too. Well, what a great movie! Totally underrated, and I think it like only exists on laser disc. You know what? Some some things. Nothing gold can stay, Keith, as they say. No, no, indeed. So, uh, where in the world are you right now? I, I was, I was going to ask you where in the country you were, but I figured let's save it for on air. I'm Drum roll, please. Sioux Falls, Nebraska. Nebraska? Oh, were you in Nebraska last week? I was. I left, and I went to, uh, we drove up to the Ozarks, where I've been the past couple days, and then we had to drive back down to make up a date. So, here we are again. Ah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Although I pimped out this time, uh, the rest of my colleagues are staying at a Days Inn, and I pimped out for a Holiday Inn so that I could enjoy the business center Ooh, to uh, record so, this with you today. 
So we are broadcasting live from the business center of the Holiday Inn in someplace Nebraska. Yes, that. That indeed. <laughs> My guess wow. is that uh, while they're serving the continental breakfast, no one will be coming to disturb me inside the business center on a Saturday. So I feel I feel safe. And if not, uh, we have our first guest. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. <laughs> Could you put down that porridge for a minute? Porridge? Is that what they're serving at the Holiday Inn? No, it's oatmeal, but I have this British roommate, and he calls everything porridge, so I find I've, I've adopted it. Oh, yes, our, our poor first victim of an audience member from he, last week. He had isolating the headphones on that whole time. He heard not a word. Oh, that's the, that is the smartest way to listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> to some, while listening to something else. Yeah, well... So first, before we do anything, yes. we need we need to address something very important, and that is uh, because you told me you were going to do it, I went and listened to your <laughs> ska band at the end of last episode. So you know, if if you skipped, if you decided like, oh, it's just a season recap, blah blah blah, that's not interesting. Fools, jokes on you, because at the <laughs> end of the last episode, we got. Cuts from two different tracks of Mike's high school ska band called what, like Eight Mile Frisbee Sp- or something? What was yeah, it? Yeah, that's that would have been a better name. Uh, eight Mile Frisbee, Space Eight Mafia was it? It was called. I knew there was an eight in there somewhere. You did. It was well done. Yeah. So all right. So I need to know everything about this uh, because first off, like it sounded great. Like where did you get all those musicians? So we. We started when we were in middle school, actually. Just myself playing guitar, my friend Ian playing bass, and this guy, Doug, playing drums. And we played through middle school, middle school, and then Ska hit, and we're like, who do we know that plays horns? So we had these, uh, Doug's brother was a trumpet player, this guy Dave Weaver plays the trumpet, and my buddy Paul plays the trombone. So we got them, and we started writing this music, and we got a lot of attention locally because Ska was kind of exploding in the Philadelphia scene, and we were very young. Our youth kind of aided us and so we got pulled in to play some opening stages on the warp tour moon sky records from new york came in and helped us record an album we kind of had a thing going but you know a, a combination of factors ska died we graduated high school and you know life intervened and so it kind of dissolved and we never moved further but we must have played hundreds and hundreds of shows it was a, it was a cool couple of years man i you know i have to admit i'm really impressed like i it doesn't I, I was blown away because like that's not some shitty high school band. Like that sounds great. Yeah, the biggest mistake we made was that I was too shy to actually sing, which I think could have brought us up to a different level. So we had this guy Jan singing, who was who's quite fine for the kind of stuff that you do in ska bands. But uh, had we actually put like layered vocals and stuff, I think it could have been really cool. But whatever, it was. It's a fun memory and it's a fun anecdote to have. No, it's it's awesome. Well, it's. It's remarkable that you didn't sing because that's what you're doing professionally these days. That's true. It, it's actually a, quite a, a good segue because the name of our one and only album was In the Good Name of Bad Taste. And I think that that's kind of what we're serving up today anyway, Keith. Oh, we've been serving that up for 40 years or so. <laughs> I know. It does feel like that. <laughs> All right. So we are here to discuss season two, episode one of The Practice. Like, I... I'm so excited to get to season three, just six episodes. Oh, wait, no. Is, is it not, nope, is it not every season? No, I we purchased, we've ordered a full season. Oh, no. We, a full season pickup. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, David. Get a writing. <laughs> well, so, uh, so this was aired, interestingly, on Saturday, September 20th, 1997, 
which is a weird time to premiere one of your new shows, especially since it's now going to transfer to Tuesday nights. Was it, were they doing like one of those, uh, you know, remember back in the 90s, they would do like uh, special Saturday nights where they'd sneak peek their new upcoming like big Tuesday night season. ABC did that a lot. Well, this was ABC. So, yeah, I I mean, I guess that's what must have happened. Or maybe uh, it's, a better podcast would have known if there was something that was happening that Tuesday night. Maybe there was like a sporting event or something. Yeah, uh, yeah it's possible. September, it's not like playoff baseball, but I don't think they had that. Well, whatever it was. September 20th, Saturday night, our dials were tuned to ABC, which in Vermont was uh, twenty channel 22. We were channel 6. Oh, yeah, it's because you had like fans, like in Vermont... Just like, it was just the Wild West of channel numbers. Yeah, you and were you naked pick- in the basement with a TV antenna trying to find uh, <laughs> just the right position. What's well, like, no joke. We had uh, we had the antenna up on the roof, and we had this dial that we'd turn that would rotate the antenna. So like, erk, 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 erk. <laughs> and we couldn't, if we wanted to switch from CBS to ABC, we had to change, we had to like, turn the antenna. I remember intense. I remember getting up and actually having to hit the button on the television to change the channel. Oh, this was definitely a button situation. Yeah. There was there was no remote. So, and it was it, it wasn't even like I think at this point cuz you know, we didn't have a lot of like fancy TVs and that kind of stuff. It was still one that you rotated like click 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 in a circle. Mhm. As opposed to I think we had one in the kitchen was had like a digital tuner, but well, since we're discussing what it was like in your house, maybe you should roll that bumper and we should discuss what exactly was happening. All right. This the- day in the basement. So well, since see, we're I, in the cold, naked basement. Sentence. I know. Since we're in the cold, naked basement, Keith, why don't you tell us what else was happening in your life in September 1997? Well, so I was thinking about it and I was realizing that September 1997 is the beginning of my senior year in high school. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, when I really think about it, I it was... My senior year was, I think, my favorite year of high school because at this point, I already knew I was going to go to music school, so I didn't give a shit about anything, mm. <laughs> or at least like the second half. Uh, I, because I went to a music conservatory, there was no math, no science, no English at all, like even when you got to college. So like I'm like, I'm done taking math, I'm done taking science, even though I love science and I love math, but I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to take like chorus and like crafting um so yeah it was it was it was uh it was an interesting year for me senior year um but uh yeah it was it was the year i finally just like realized that high school didn't matter but i but ironically because of that because i picked all of my classes i got the best grades of my entire uh high school career in senior senior year interesting yeah I had a 4.0 in underwater basket weaving. <laughs> uh, my senior year, I didn't go to any classes. I just kept saying we had a band pull out and I wouldn't show up. <laughs> Did but, you really? But I was not in my senior year yet. 97 would have been, 97, 98 would have been my junior year of high school. Really? Which turns out to be my favorite year because I was touring a lot with that band. My parents let me take a lot of time off school to perform with that band, which was cool mm. of them to do. Um, and, I, and I was also... Uh, really getting into two things in my life that were kind of short-lived. I was rowing. I made the senior varsity rowing team. and Oh, laddie died on the crew team. Yes, as a short person, which is rare if ever happens. 
and won the one and only regatta was just before was the end of the summer so uh around the end of august so it's around this universe uh we my team uh this is preschool pre uh i guess they called it spring spring rowing or something anyway we won our one and only race that i ever won as a actual rower uh so that was my big uh my big thing in September. Not only that, though, I was still listening to... Hold on, I've got it queued up. Oh. The t- crew team is huge on it. This album. What is this, Dave Matthews? No, that's uh, Radiohead's OK Computer. To this ah. to this day, my seminal number one album of all time. Um, no, no kidding. Yep, purchased it back in the summer. I guess it was like June or July of that year. And uh, just listen to nothing else pretty much for the rest of the year. While you were on crew at a regatta. Now, I, I just like to point out how much that sounds like you were some, like, shushy rich kid <laughs> in Philadelphia. Like, well, I was at the regatta. I forgot my boat shoes. But I know that wasn't true. <laughs> Not true at all. Literally, the next year, I did a high school musical. I did my first musical I ever did. And literally, my life took a left turn. I musicals will do that to you yes they will (laughs) so wait so you were you class of 99 i was yes oh i didn't know i was older than you uh you're not that older than me i just my my mom started me late in school ah fair enough she she thought it'd be better if i was the older people of the older uh classmen in a particular class than than the younger i don't know why that makes sense i feel like i'm just about ready for high school now oh man to go back I wouldn't go. To, I wouldn't want to do high school again. That sucks. I but I would happily do college again. I feel like that's already been written, right? That's a that was a show or a musical. Yeah, there's a ton of movies, Freaky Friday, all that stuff. Like every movie, there's like a th- it's like a whole genre. I know. All of a sudden, I thought I was having some like um, amazing idea, and I was like, oh wait, wait, wait. Is there some sort of a world where like an adult could s- trade places with like their child and then go back to school? Or could they go and pretend that they were high school students, maybe like as undercover cops who look really young? Uh, mine would be just all sex. <laughs> just be lots and lots of sex. That's really pervy. Oh, yeah, I guess it is pervy because I'd be a grown-up. You would be a grown-up with your grown-up brain <laughs> going and sexing up a high school. No wonder this has not <laughs> been actually produced. By... <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to need Bobby Donnell. So, yeah, anyway, uh, so, hey, Carl at the FBI, what's going on? <laughs> I know, on this open on this open Wi-Fi at the business center of the Days Inn or the Holiday Inn. Oh, open Wi-Fi? We are going to we are gonna be live on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> All over the world for free. Okay, well. I think that would double our audience, though, because yeah. if, if we could get the FBI to listen with our listener, we'd have two. That's true. Maybe. I mean, if, if you're listening in the FBI, we're happy to have you on. Just beam in. Just crack right in my computer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We, we could use a guest. Mm-hmm. No, uh, we, we said no I, ghosts. We, no ghosts or guests. No, no ghosts. No ghosts. <laughs> well, we're, you know, season two, we are off to Ooh. a fantastic start. We have now prohibited ghosts from the podcast. You know what? A line had to be drawn. Yeah, it really did. Well, it, so this is the question. Because last episode we recorded at 11 o'clock at night. We are now 11 o'clock in the morning. I wonder how different it's going to be. I don't know. Because I can't we're seeing ghosts at 11 o'clock in the morning. All right. So let's go back and uh, continue talking about September 20th, 1997. Yes, please. 
So uh, let me tell you what was going on in the, the Burlington Free Press. Uh, and uh, that day, the big headline was Winooski Tackles Drinking. Now, Winooski is a town, sort of it's a suburb of Burlington um, that I lived close to. My mother actually taught there when she was a young teacher. And uh, yeah, apparently it tackled a lot of drinking, uh, which I'd, I'd, I'd like to, but it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm. It's Saturday. Uh, but it is Saturday. It is Saturday. <laughs> and we got day drunk doing a podcast. Uh, anyway, so the interesting thing about, about Winooski, and I think you'll find this cool, at some point, it was like the 60s or 70s, some Looney Tune legitimately planned to put a geodesic dome over the entire city. Like Biodome? Like Biodome. With like, Paula Shore. Full, yeah, like, like, uh, like, or like Under the Dome, the Stephen King thing we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Like, he was actually had plans to put the entire city under a dome, and this was like a thing in the '60s. People thought was a good idea, and I, I, I somebody told me that, and I thought it was apocryphal, and I'm like, that can't possibly be true. But I looked it up; it's totally true. Wow, that's awesome. That's crazy. So, uh, anyway, the top movie was are you, are you, was it this? You know, I've never seen that movie. You've never seen Biodome? I've never seen Biodome. I hesitate to recommend it, but it's Pauly Shore and Stephen Baldwin just being, they're these like... they. You heard it here first. Mike and Deglio heartily endorses any Stephen Baldwin <laughs> Pauly Shore movie. They accidentally sneak into a Biodome that's going to be sealed up for six months. And oh, do a, cool. a lot of farting and farting and then and mostly farting yeah but then they hook up with the two hot scientists you know it's a typical uh polish war vehicle like you do yeah. like you do and anyway, yeah, that was well, not the top movie no no the top movie was actually a movie that i'd like very much and just recently watched a couple of weeks ago it was the game michael douglas doing uh first class michael douglasing mm. uh did, you saw it right i can't recall it right now I think it's like a what is it a Cronenberg movie? Uh, no, no, no! It's not not the not uh not Cronenberg. Oh God! Back Whoa. in high school, <laughs> I totally just <laughs> and that was it. You just ended the episode. That was it, and we're done. And we're done. Uh, David Fincher. Ah uh, yes. Uh, young David Fincher. Uh, really great movie. Uh, pulled in fourteen point three million dollars. Which wasn't a huge amount of money, but it wasn't it wasn't one of those like Jurassic Park type. So it was just movies, it just so. happened to be number one that week. It was just number one that week. Huh. Polygram Wait. Entertainment. What are you doing now? Oh, you're watching the trailer. He's playing racquetball. He's very rich. Neither do I, Michael Douglas. Yeah. This guy you just like Quick with the hot takes on the uh, 11 a.m. podcast. That's true. You know that was that movie was two hours and 11 minutes long. Moving on <laughs> to the uh, <laughs> the top song here was Mariah Carey's "Honey," which it's funny. I, I was such a nerd in high school. I didn't listen to any contemporary music. It was just like all cast albums and virginity for me. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, so like I'm like, what is this? I've never heard any of these things before. 
But this was a big, uh, big song for a couple weeks. I, re- I recall the piano bit. Yeah. But that, that's about it. Thanks, Mariah. Yeah, that was before she went batshit. Yeah, well, you know, she was always entertaining. It's just for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, I think it's finally time to talk about the damn episode, shall I we? I agree. Although I do want to say, it was getting springy outside in New York City. <sighs> it was 66 degrees. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to kill you inside. Well, I've decided I'm going to, like, you know, with with the weather report, I'm going to try it, like, toddler vision like if you just don't respond maybe they'll give up actually it was i i I read that wrong it was uh, the high of the day was 79 degrees which is pretty pretty warm but there was a slight bit of precipitation under an inch but yet still slightly damp wow guys i'm so glad you stuck around for season two (laughs) (laughs) the hits keep coming the hits keep coming all right all right so we are talking about Season 2, Episode 1, Reasonable Doubts, uh, written by series creator David David E. Kelly, who has written most of the things, and directed by Michael Pressman, who has directed an episode before. Uh, Wait, from se- might have been the season finale, maybe? Uh, it was... Hold on, hold on. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Uh, no, it was uh, Part 1. It was, it was the uh. second episode of the series entitled Part 1. For reasons. <laughs> so, uh, what do you say? Let's just dive right into this, shall we? I think we should. Let's first insert an advertisement here. Advertisement! And we're back. All right. Well, oh, my God. What a great ad. That's true. Uh, we, you know, we should re-record that for season two, probably. I think we probably should. Yeah. No, but we should. <laughs> we should just record. Like, here's, here's my question. If we record like 15 of them mm. will we get paid for every one or they're like you can only do it once per episode no i, I don't think it works that way although uh, before we jump in should we I'd love to game the system should we tell everybody how much money we've made oh please i mean look we do not want to make you envious and I, i'm i'm you know i don't want to turn off the audience or think oh guys you guys are doing it so much for the money and like you've sold out now that you're so rich let's hear it well, okay, the analytics tell me that at this juncture, in this early infancy of our podcast, our estimated yeah. uh, unique audience is 12 listeners. Oh, dude, don't put that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. You're just going to make everyone <laughs> sad for us. <laughs> I'm sad for us. Um, <laughs> and we have brought in, you ready for yeah. it? Ready. 66 advertising cents. Oh, my God. Ooh, so that's wow, thirty-three I, cents a piece. Oh, you just made me so sad. So that's a that's a quarter, a nickel, and three pennies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> you can't even do a load so, of laundry yet. No, no. I, I'd love to figure out what our hourly rate is at this point. Mm, let's not go down that avenue. Reasonable doubts, season two, episode one. Oh, here's that great black and white. Simulcast in Spanish. I'm going to venture a guess he tells her not to say anything. (laughs) That's a good bet. 
take this much longer. It's almost oh, I, I, you know what I think we have to do before we get any further? Talk about who's that accused murderess? Mm, she cute. That is Kim Ravner, a uh, very successful TV actress. She's done 88 episodes of Grey's Anatomy as wow. Teddy Altman. Mm. Um, did uh, Designated Survivor, Ray Donovan, uh, lots of 24 stuff. Mm. Um, she did both the original series and uh, the reboot. I believe is the same character, but this was very early in her career. This is only her fourth uh, credit on IMDb. She's wearing that plunging V. She is. Sensible business suit. Yeah. How are we doing? It's close. <sighs> oh, boy. You'll have to testify. We knew that going in, didn't we? We assumed it, but there was always the chance they couldn't make their case. And you think they have? Not motive, but... But what? If you had shot him just once, I would rest right now. But the other four shots, you got to get up there and explain that. Hmm. Don't buckle now, Vicky. Come on, Vicky. You made it this far. Maybe I should just stop watching the news. I mean, the things that they are Look, saying about people me. people have been talking since this whole thing began. They'll talk long after it's over. It's a juicy, sexy murder trial. It's juicy. It's sexy. It's sexy. And you shot and the shit out of him. Yeah. And he's, like, seducing her with talking about... Juicy, murder. sexy murder. <laughs> I'm a little uncomfortable. Could be that there are people from the Holiday Inn watching me through a pane glass window here, but... Uh, so, so you don't want me to say juicy, sexy murder again? Uh, I think everybody does. Not only do we do podcasts, but we do some ASMR. Yeah, what's up? We're almost done. <laughs> Carl from the FBI. It just testifies, then you, and you're done. So Bobby's banging this girl? You haven't seen the episode. We'll make it. Well, that, uh-oh. You're like, oh. Ugh. That Bobby's old. making out with the accused. So that has three cameras. They shot that with three cameras. So well, close and so closed up. I mean, that must have been uncomfortable to do. Well, they're doing the kissy scene. Gotta get that coverage. What the hell is this? Don't you stop kissing when you hear the doorknob, not after Eugene walks in the room. I, you would think, you would think, but there's not a lot of judgment happening here, so uh, I'll allow it. Although his G Eugene's face tells me there's plenty of judgment taking place. Oh, yeah. All right, so you didn't watch the episode, did you? I didn't, no. You know, just like <laughs> maybe four minutes ago in listening time, you promised to watch the episode. I didn't, I don't think I promised. I think I suggested that I probably should. <laughs> and much like most of the clients that Bobby has worked with, I've chosen to ignore that advice. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Steve Harris, one of our uh, best actors from last season. That's right, I believe he was the best actor from last season, was he not? Yes, he was. Oh. Well, he must be feeling pretty good going into season two, knowing that he uh, got Best Actor from the Out of Practice podcast in 20 years. Yeah, Kelly Williams is pissed, though, because she feels like she got slighted by us, but... Yeah, well, what? we're going to piss off a thinking? lot of people. It's none of your business, Eugene. None of my business. I'm second chair in this trial. She's my responsibility. It's, it's definitely his thing. business. It's got nothing to do with you. This is a murder trial. 
She's charged with murder in the first degree, and you got a personal thing going on with the client who's also my client, my business. All right, Twitter, weigh in. Are you Team Bobby or Team Eugene in this case? I'm going to go ahead and tweet away. Eh, Team Eugene. Oh, definitely Team Eugene. Bobby, you're an idiot. Get out. No, I won't get out. I knew it. I smelt it, but I didn't want to believe it. You smelt it? Smelt it. That's gross. I think that's what <clears throat> changed her hair. She was smelting mm, a lot. She smelt that sex, and it just frizzed right up. Leave what? Ew. Yeah, Victoria Keenan. Get out! Are you Gross. insane? Look, I'm not an idiot. I, I know how it looks. So then, vis-a-vis, you are an idiot. I know the potential danger here, so just just spare me the lectures. It's, it's not affecting me as a lawyer. Everybody, get out. Now, I need to talk R- to him. Rebecca, now. I forget. Who runs this place? Right now, me. Everybody, get out. No, no, no. Rebecca! No. You say, yeah. Say it in front of them. Go ahead. Okay, fine. First, as a lawyer, I don't even need to tell you that part, Bobby. Second, as Bobby. She did it. She's a killer. How could you possibly get involved with somebody like She's that? She's not a killer. Bobby, she pumped five bullets into the man. You're blinded by her beauty, man. She's a killer. You got Jimmy'd! <laughs> oh, the- Wait. Oh, 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 yeah, boom. Oh, I forgot our boom bit. Boom goes I, the dynamite. She got oh, jimmied. I'm cricketing myself. This Ooh. is for me. This is not for you. This is for me. I hope that uh, she continues to, like, call out when people are morons because I love the sass. Somebody needs to. If that gets me fired, then fine. We all agree with Rebecca. That you shouldn't bang the murderer? Yeah, we agree. Well, I would definitely agree that she's, you know, pretty and a good shot. But I think it could have been self-defense. You lie! You can't read my mind, Rebecca. No, and I guess I shouldn't trust my ears when you said that. I'm wearing a vest. I know what's what. I got big hair and my vest is cool. She's not a killer. Okay, so uh, we're still yelling at each other in a, like we're out of some sort of Victorian farce. Mm Mm-hmm. Guys, David... David, I love you. You're a fantastic writer and a terrific producer of television. Uh, You need to stop just writing everyone shouts at each other peas and carrots. You're better than this. And didn't they get a a boatload of money? Like, get yourself a conference room. Well, they got some money. I defend murderers all the time, and I know them when I see them. Well. Do you? Victoria Keenan is innocent. Are you thinking with your large case file or that little case file in your pants, Bobby? <laughs> God. Good reuse of uh, the exterior shot from the pilot. Mm-hmm. Alan. And, and wait a second. Hold on. Welcome to the cast, Laura Flynn Boyle. As Helen Gamble, uh, Laura Flynn Boyle, who you may know from The Practice. But also Men in Black too. But she's probably best known for uh, Twin Peaks mm. when she played the teenage Donna Hayward. Uh, but Laura Flynn Boyle is about to join the cast and stay there. Yeah. End of the week, we should be finished. I feel uh, pretty good. Is she going to embezzle money for Bobby? I thought that was the only way to get in. That's how you joined the cast of the practice. Sorry. We need this one. You treated the victim for how long, Dr. Gale? Just under six years. And during the course of your therapy sessions with Mr. Adler, did he ever talk about my client? He just said that she was a neighbor who lived on the same apartment floor 
and that he and his wife would frequently visit with her. So you've heard the prosecutor's suggestion mm. that the victim was perhaps having a sexual affair with my client. Well, my response would be that it's That side-eye is classic. Ah, but before you do it, you know what it's time for. I do. Who's that judge? Who's that judge? That judge is none other than Ron Glass, who I know from Firefly. Hmm, does that count? It's not Star Trek. It's it's not Star Trek. So it is sci-fi, but it is not Star Trek, so mm. I will not have to play the jingle. Okay. Uh, but he was uh, Shepard Book. Uh, good character, interesting. However, don't worry, he did do an episode of Star Trek Voyager in 2000 as the character of Loken. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. Oh, buckle up. We got more where that's coming from. But you know, the other thing that I found that was really Wait, interesting... No, stop. You're not playing half the bumper. I want to hear it through its completion. Look. Roll it back. Gonna, <laughs> we're going to hear this bumper like six times an episode. And we're going to hear the entire bumper every time. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, okay. The, uh, just hit your autism there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got to count to 10 20 times. You got a touch of the tism. That's OCD. That's different. Mm-hmm. All right. So he was, he did 180 or 64 episodes of Barney Miller. But here's what I thought was interesting he was Felix Unger in the new Odd Couple TV show. Oh, shit. That they tried to, uh, reboot Odd Couple with an African American couple. And it only lasted 18 episodes, but it was like, it was so, it was a weird time because it was the early 80s where it's like, you wanted to have diversity and and uh, include that, but you couldn't just have a white one and a black one or just have actual diversity. <laughs> they just like, oh, we'll just do a black version of it, which looking back on it does not age well. You know what else is not going to age well? Yeah. The four second audio clip of you going, you can't just have a black one and a white one that I cut out and destroy your career with <laughs> great great <laughs> i think uh, you're already on the fbi's list for today so you want you wanted to go back to high school well, is it possible that that he would have kept this fan frankly ben. no bob adler would pour out his deepest intimacies in my office if he were having an affair this with somebody, episode's very sexy about. lots of intimacies this, you're positive very. yeah the only relationship he had with your client was that of a neighborly friendship. Mm-hmm. Okay, Whoa. so so just to set it up here so that you understand because you haven't seen the episode. Giant fan. Uh, we giant fan. We are uh, we're interviewing uh, the the wife of the person who was murdered therapist, who is actually also treating the guy who got murdered, husband and wife, individual therapist. No reputable therapist would teach both halves of a couple uh, no. individually. They, I don't even think they're allowed to. No, and we're going to get into why. Boy. Very mild depression. And Is everybody banging this lady? Remember yes. how he first came to you? Anybody refer him? Yes. Do you remember who? His wife, Mary. And how did Mary Adler know of you? She's been my patient for nine years. I see. So you would have kind of a trusting relationship with Mary Adler then. Yes. 
In fact, nine years, I'd imagine you two have built up quite a trust. We have. And given that trust, if you knew somebody to be betraying Mary Adler, wouldn't you feel some sort of obligation to... Keith, I like to call a sidebar. Yeah, sidebar. So, uh, I know we've discussed this before. You you are in therapy, yes? Uh, many times. Yeah. Is I, J- Does Jill go to therapy? Many times, yes. I mean, consistently or just kind of here and there? It, it, cons- well, I mean, you know, mostly consistently, yeah. Yeah, so my wife also is in therapy, and... I actually don't mind. It doesn't. It doesn't really even bother me a little bit that I know that they. I probably am a, a focal point in their conversations. Sure. Do you, do you have any sort of like? Do you ever try to dig and ask her like what they're talking about, or do you ever try to do any no. sleuthing, or you just kind of let it be? No. Well, no, because like that would be, that would be working against like lots of different things, <laughs> including the process and trusting it and and my own interests in the long run like a it's none of my business b if they are working out a problem with me like that's a positive thing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and like it's not it, therapy isn't something that you win yeah <laughs> you know in terms of with a with a couple even you know even in couples therapy like you're not like winning <laughs> anything you're trying to get healthier on occasion we'll actually like over coffee or cards or something in the morning we'll discuss just kind of like what sort of themes we're we're batting back and forth with our therapists, but usually that mm-hmm. that's more about a conversation we're having together and less about the specifics. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, imagine there like, are a couple. I I know many couples who've gone to couples who are resistant to couples counseling because they think it's going to become a competition. Like the the therapist is going to believe him over me or me or you know. Right, right. Like it's a, it's, it's like arguing in front of a judge, not a therapist. Yeah tell her i didn't know of any please listen to the question sir if you knew of someone to be betraying mary adler a client you'd established a nine-year trust with would you tell her it's not so easy if i learned it from another client there'd be tremendous conflicts of interest counsel it's not so easy you say so there would be some pull on you to tell her wouldn't there i mean mary adler trusts you if you were to find out she were being betrayed there would be some pull on you to tell her whether you'd end up doing it or not uh, no no right no, he has a professional Obvious. obligation Obviously. not to this and is the conflict of interest why you don't do this wouldn't it perhaps perhaps so couldn't it be Robert Adler thought it best not to tell you he was sleeping with Victoria Keenan? Objection. Overruled. Isn't it at least possible, given your conflicts of interest, your fiduciary relationship with his wife, that, would that definitely Robert Adler be sustained. chose not to tell you he was committing adultery with that woman? I don't think that that was the case. Is it your testimony, doctor, that such a scenario is impossible? No. I am not saying it's impossible. She's shouting a lot. Thank you, Doctor. The truth isn't so painful after all. <laughs> Dealing with a hostile witness. This is why I hate psychiatric experts. Okay, Man, so what we will. what we just missed there <laughs> was like him smashing Bobby's a nut, s- smashing a uh, fortune cookie, ah. and saying, "This is why I hate psychologists." On the but this is also why you have rats, Bobby. Mm. This is why you have rats. What is that? You're smashing on cookies the desk around your behind office. him. There. Is that a? That's a fax machine. Oh my god, it looked like an alien. It's not exactly a black and white science. You put a laser disc in it, and then you can uh, can watch Yanni till your heart's content. All they have are witnesses who saw him go into her apartment a lot. Yeah, but I was just holding out the hope that she wouldn't have to testify. Excuse me? 
I just hate to subject her to it all unless it's absolutely... You hate to subject... She shot somebody five times, Bobby. I mean, you're very attractive. You could go for, like, a non-murderess. Subject her to it. <laughs> Are you seeing straight on this? Excuse me? If you're even wondering whether or not she takes the stand... You should probably swipe right or Eugene, left, whichever one is no on murderess. Have you ever seen me get involved with a client before? No. Previously, you've been too smart for that. If I thought that it compromised my objectivity or ability even slightly, I would be off. So we have all Bobby. sorts of malpractice taking place here. We've got psychiatrists doing, uh, seeing husband and wife combos. We've got Bobby sleeping with a client. Yeah, and, and like pretending like it's not affecting him. It is like full on, like whatever happens with the trial, the appeal is done. Like, yeah, like the appeals immediately. Oh, I was sleeping with my lawyer. Game over appeals you know, at like, some point don't you think someone has to be the moral authority and it's like look bobby this place is a wreck we embezzled money we have gotten various we've treated clients like hell you're sleeping with a murderess the, the, the our last client it's a miracle we got them off I, I think i might need to look for somewhere else to work i don't appreciate having no. to convince you of that and what about her i mean this could be like a patient falling for her shrink the deck isn't level for her that isn't happening and let's just keep this discussion about the case. This is part of the case. This, seriously. If you're even wondering whether or not she takes the stand, you're not seeing straight. You are not seeing straight, Bobby. But at least it's clear from some acting beats and some writing that Bobby at least takes what Eugene has to say seriously. I think he sees yeah. him more as an equal than, say, Jimmy, who he won't even let on a case. That's true. I suppose if it were him in this situation, you'd be giving him the same speech. Yeah, maybe, but he's been with me long enough to know I don't go running around getting involved with my clients. And if I thought for one second that... He did say one thing that... That what? Have we heard her defense yet? Not yet. Your feelings for me, they could have something to do with, you know, like I'm your protector and all this, and that can make you more prone to... Well, that is a possibility. Yes, that's why it's malpractice. It's one of the many reasons why it's malpractice. Let's face it, my life is basically in your hands, so it's possible that... And once the trial is over, you think you feel different? Of course not. Best you're not still dating her once the trial's over, Bobby. Yeah. But we have to admit we are in the middle of something that we've never also been that, like, before. That's, that's a good point. You know, it's, it's again, this is a, they're t talking about this from a legal standpoint, but also there's a huge power differential here. And, you know, 20 years later, thinking about in terms of like the sexual politics, like because he is her lawyer and has her life in her hands, like that's a power differential. And that's, that shouldn't be done on, the, on that grounds alone. This shouldn't be happening. Well, I mean, she's sort of, if you want to look at it a different way, if let's say she was convicted, I mean, then she, you're right. She has an ultimate appeal. She can claim that she had, you know, he didn't have her best interest at heart because they were together. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts here. Maybe, maybe we should just yeah, it's her get out of jail free card, at least temporarily. Pull back until the trial is over. Okay. He said he wanted to pull back or pull out.
I love these coming out of the elevator media mob scenes because it's just like six extras and a couple of boom mics. Any oh, just going crazy. Why would I have one today? Miss <clears throat> Gamble, how do you think she was capable of five shots? I don't. I think it was suicide. He shot himself five times. I'm just prosecuting her because I don't like her outfit. Oh, Jimmy! Oh, Jimmy! Well, she jimmied in two different ways. <laughs> one, she like made the slam, but also she did the, I'm not making any comment. I'm not making any comment. Anyway, so here's what I think. Uh, here's my comment. Don't rush with your answers. And no matter how hard she comes at you, Stay calm. Gamble likes to play the nervous schoolgirl, and as soon as you think she's harmless, she gets you. She does not play the nervous schoolgirl at all. It won't be quick, Vicky. This could be a long day. Okay. Just tell them what happened. You're gonna do great. Well, that camera shot of their hands ended up being a dick shot of you. He had come over like he had so many other times before. And what did you and Mr. Adler do on these visits? Well, for most of them, Mary, his wife. She would come too. Sometimes we'd watch TV or play cards or or just talk. Mm -hmm. Yes, but on this occasion, Mr. Adler came alone. And at 11 o'clock at night. Yes. He said that he was troubled about something and he asked if he could come in. And you said... The therapist came over? No, no, no. The guy she shot. Oh, okay. But yes. Like I said, we were friends. And then what happened? I noticed Bobby's suits are fitting a lot better this season. Well, they got a higher budget. It's a full season pickup, so they uh, they didn't have to go off the <laughs> rack. Yeah. They weren't just using uh, well, leftovers we from L.A. Law. And then out of nowhere, he told me that I was... Same exact face! Makes a good face, that Ron Glass. But not in a conversational way. It was more of a well, seductive tone. And what did you do? Well, I was thinking to myself... How do I get out of this with the least amount of embarrassment? I, I figured he must have been drinking before he came over. Mm. I don't know. I, I I guess I was trying to save him from himself a little bit. Well, how'd you do that? It's noble. Well, by laughing it off, pretending not to be as uncomfortable as I was. Then he said um, that when he was with Mary, that he would often think. Very of subtle acting by the what extras there in the jury. Have you been drinking? Uh, oh that's well, would, would you like to talk about him now? The the uh, the jury foreman. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, the jury foreman, who uh, I it's it's actually interesting because he is later in the episode going to do the first uh, I think believable Boston accent in the entire yeah. series. His name is David Doty. He's done a whole bunch of various things. I remember him from Weeds. He played the uh, the principal for a while, and just so you know. He was on Star Trek Voyager. Uh, a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of overlap because Voyager was playing the same time as uh, as this. So everyone on the show did at least an episode of that. So he did the Nubari Minor in Star Trek Voyager. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. We're just going to keep this rolling because yeah. it's going to hurt your brain if we don't hear uh, no Patrick Stewart. No father. I'm in love with you. You know this. Okay, this is now a flashback. I'm with Mary. You know what? This is making me really uncomfortable. I think you should go. And did he go? No. I think you're in love with me. What? I know that your friendship with Mary makes it kind of prohibitive, but... Uh, Look, Robert, hey, please leave. I'm not leaving, Victoria. Come on. Come on. Robert, let, Look how oh blousey his shirt is. Let's, let's stop pretending, all right? It's the pirate shirt. 
Let go of me. Is this part of a game? Huh? This denial? Is this what arouses you? Robert, look, I'll ask you one more time to let go of me, and then I scream. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't let go. Maybe I should just take you, huh? Uh-oh. Then we could both have each other. You'd be spread the morning after remorse. Huh? Ah! Oh, shit. Whoa. Here comes the gun. Good squib. I'm trying to think if I would just like fire away, or if I just like won and done it. Well, I mean, I I think um, in cop training, and I may be wrong, but. When they train you to shoot, you're shooting to kill. You're not shooting to like warn. Yeah. So you you know if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot somebody, shoot somebody for realsies. So I would imagine that's uh, I'd, I'd buy that. Uh, meanwhile, should we talk about this uh, possible who's that murder victim slash possible rapist? Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Thomas is the guy's name. He is 137 credits on IMDb, which is amazing. Uh, did lots of crazy ex-girlfriend and blah, 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 but he wasn't on Star Trek, so I don't care. Well, he does have one of the greatest perms in the business. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really remember the other shots. Well, there was only five. I remember pulling the trigger. But not how many times. Now that was our first so like traumatic. true flashback with dialogue and retelling of a scene. It was very murder she wrote. Yeah, they they d- somehow managed to desaturate it even more. Miss Keenan, I'm a little struck by how poised you tell it. Objection. Overruled. You talk about an attempted rape, then shooting a man repeatedly to his death, and you seem so unaffected by it all. Objection. Sustained. It's your testimony that the victim came over to your apartment alone on many occasions. Yes. Sometimes late at night. Yes. And it's your testimony that there was nothing sexual between you two. That's correct. In the last, say, oh, five years, have you had a romantic relationship with anybody? Uh oh. Relevance? As a matter of fact, no, I, I haven't. Gee. Such an attractive, affluent woman, you would think there'd have to be somebody. Objection. Yeah, what are you doing? Are you slut-shaming her or reverse slut-shaming her? None of this is relevant. Anybody hear those screams, to your knowledge? No, not to my knowledge. That's relevant. Pretty people can't be raped, is what she's saying? It is bizarre. my apartment are very thick. You would know this. Objection. Overruled. Have you ever screamed in the company of the victim before and not been detected? Objection. Objection. Sustained. Stop it. Did Mr. Adler keep pursuing you after you shot him the first time? Okay, hold on. So this is this is where like I think Helen's just doing some bad lawyering because she is mixing two different things. One, she's tr- working very hard to establish that they were having a relationship. But two, as a part of that, sort of as an aside, they point out that nobody heard screams. Now those two things both might be important, but combining the two seems like like a terrible idea. Because, like for me, 
people not having heard screams. If she's saying that she were assaulted and she's saying that she screamed and nobody heard it. Now that seems like relevant information to me. Whereas like whether she was sleeping with anybody else in the last five years doesn't. And so I think she's burying the lead information here. Yeah. Also, maybe it's coming, but they have, she's yet to try to establish any sort of motive. Like why would this lady shoot this guy? If it was, you know, I don't really remember. I recall squeezing the trigger and then seeing him lying on the floor. You don't remember seeing him fall? I was in shock, Miss Gamble. I don't remember a lot of what happened that night. I was shaking. Do you remember dialing 911? Yes. When? Right after. Right after. Seconds after. Minutes. Immediately after. I saw him lying on the floor. I picked up the phone and called. While you were still shaking? Yes. At this time, Your Honor, I'd like to play the recording of the 911 call. Uh Uh-oh. It's going to be nice and calm, right? Say that again, please. A man just tried to rape me. I shot him in self-defense, and I think he might be dead. Where are you calling from, (laughs) ma'am? I'm at the Devonshire Place apartment, 14C. It's my residence. That's the sound of your voice in shock? I don't know what I sound like. I do know I was in shock, yes. I see, so while in shock, you had but the actually, to assert your But actually, that is how people sound when they're in shock. Objection. Dissociation Overruled. is a real thing. I tape again, Miss Keenan? I said self-defense as a descriptive way. I wasn't asserting any legal claim, Miss Gamble. It just came out that way. It just came out that way. I would also argue that the victim is presenting a much better... She's presenting to the jury better. I mean, she is. This bitch is coming a little ha- cold-hearted. So, are you say so at this point in the episode because you don't know what happens? Are, are you finding her credible? Like, uh, you're on the jury. Tell me your verdict at this point in the trial. I think that that I have. I've not been presenting anything that tells me why she would just murder this man in cold blood. I mean, yes, she's presenting as credible. Fair enough. Well, that man is scratching his chin though, so he's unconvinced. That's a guy who was on Voyager. You heard that tape. I did sound calm, Bobby. I did. You sounded shut down. That's normal under the circumstances. I think we had a very good day, Vicky. I wouldn't say so if I thought otherwise. Hmm. What? You want to get out of here? (laughs) I remember pulling the trigger on the first shot, but... But maybe the reason I can't remember the other four shots is because I blocked it out. Maybe they were deliberate, and that's why I blocked them out. Don't start going down that path. Look, I don't know anymore. When I was testifying, I could... Although, if you attack me, right? Right. And I feel in danger for my life, like you said, if I just shoot you once and then shoot you a couple times after, am I then culpable for those... Are those not self-defense? I I think that's all one act, right? Well, it depends on... I mean, if I'm on the jury, right, I want to know how, you know, how much longer, like, you know, after the first shot, if you waited five minutes, Mm. then yeah. But if you're like shot, 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 like, I totally get that. That's all. That's all part of one act. So if you have like a bowl of cereal between the two, then, you know, it's maybe not so cool. That's why they call you Keith emptied the chamber Varney. See the image. Maybe those last four shots, maybe they were revenge. Listen to me. The man tried to rape you. He might have killed you. 
The first shot was fear, I think. The other four were rage. That's we've we've explored this theme of rage before, haven't we? Yes, we sure have. Bloody gurgles. <sighs> At least she's honest. Jimmy. Jimmy. Bobby. Either way, he's it like our new norm. <laughs> so what? It's rage. What woman under those circumstances wouldn't just start shooting? If you want, Bobby, I can go on national television and tell everybody this. Yeah, yeah, I'll have no comment and then say she did it. <laughs> yeah. This ain't bothering you because it's a client. You love this woman. Whoa, let's all calm down. Come on, that's too soon. Do you think that I should let Eugene take over? No. Yes. Absolutely. That sends a message to the jury. Besides, Eugene says you're doing good in there. He thinks you're winning. Jeez, have a couple shots, Bobby. Yeah. You're worried. I don't know, Jimmy. I don't know. What? What is it about her? I mean, I know she's attractive, but your valve in this area has been kind of shut off. What is it exactly. about her? The most overused audition song about 15 years ago. <laughs> I don't have a... Musical theater reference, lost on uh, everyone. Lost on everyone. As to what makes her different. That's like the deepest cut of all time. Because not only is it musical theater reference, you have to be somebody who was auditioning for musical <laughs> theater as a tenor in the early 2000s. And if what you, is it if about you, her? Yeah. It, it, you know, if you are if you are somebody who meets that category, you are welcome. Although I do want Bobby to break into like a whole introspective like monologue song here. Definitely, he's got to explore it, why his heart valve has been off. But it could go I don't know way. why I like the ones who kill. Maybe I should have Eugene take over. Shut the heart. Don't extinction tonight at six on FX. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I. See. Wait, wait. Hold on. We must address what just happened. Now, because... Now, there's a good reason for this. Because in order for us to play the clips effectively while we're podcasting, Dex has to download the episodes and then play them in QuickTime. Not on Hulu or Amazon Prime, which now is available, that we both pay for. Mm -hmm. Full price. Uh, You have to let's say borrow these episodes from the internet and this one has clearly been taped off the air of a repeat from fx Mm -hmm. so we just heard a promo because they didn't cut the commercial well that's hysterical that Uh, is really funny i was wondering why it looked like it was like a vhs because clearly this is ripped from a vhs Wow. Doesn't. She shoots him. See, she's good to no see you, Eleanor. It's good to see you. Don't you think she'd have a plan slightly better than gunning him down in her own apartment? What do you mean? It's a great... Once again, we're all meeting, but let's not just meet in our office. If we could all stand in this four-foot square area, it'd be great. Plan. That's no because they only have 320 pixels wide. they got to fit them in. See? It's a great plan. See? She did it. Oops. I knew you were the whole time. That was quite flippant, Eleanor. This Anybody is a case you're trying to win. She seems like she's always like on Excuse the side me. not Mr. trying Donald. to win it. Wait a second. I know you're Bobby Donald. I recognize you from the papers. Yeah, well, how, how can I help you? Actually, I am here to help you. 
I live in the apartment across from Victoria. Who's that witness? Tell Who's that guy? me, Keith. That is Taylor Negron, who uh, you might know from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes, I do. Do you really? Yeah, I knew I recognized him. He's got he done a lot of VIP stuff too, though. He's done a lot of uh, various things over the years. Um, he delivered the pizza in Fast Time. I I queued up a uh, a clip of that, but then I lost it. Oh because man! Because Google Docs suck. Uh, but he's done uh, done a whole bunch of stuff as a character actor, coming in and doing good performances, like we're about to see. Oh, he was in the the Last Boy Scout. Remember that movie? No, you know who I remember him from is uh, he plays David A. the waiter in Curb Your Enthusiasm in some hysterical bits with Larry David. Oh, that makes sense. Keenan. And I have some information on that night. Okay, I won't waste your time because I know that you must be running at a premium here. Here is the thing. I am a security nut. I um, live alone and I have a recurrent nightmare that someone gets into my house and gives me a tracheotomy. So I got into this high-tech security. <laughs> Zing! Stuff, right, including Great detail. and so forth. And I got to thinking, I wonder if... That feels like off the cuff there. ...that night. And sure enough... Hey, I wonder. You want to take a little look at this? Is it going to be a VHS supercut? Night of the shooting. It's just hallway, but it may be helpful. Play the VHS tape. Cue perfectly up. Deceased Mr. Adler. And that's her apartment. Is she wearing negligee? Nope, normal. And she and they're making them. out. Uh, and that synth hits hard. Oh. Take that, Bobby, you dummy. Wow. It goes by quick if you want to rewind it. How long have you had this tape? Since the night of, I told you. And you never thought to go to the police with it? Couldn't think of much else, but I couldn't see much good in it. At least, not much good in it for me. And then this morning, ding. Timing is everything, don't you think? Ooh, Ali Hakam over here. To your client for one hundred thousand. Oh, and some embezzlement. You came here to extort us. Hey, uh, ex- you know, that's extortion. A term, and I am not a lawyer. I am more like a Fuller Brush man. I'm just hoping that you're going to buy what I have to sell. Well, you came to the wrong place because this office doesn't participate in blackmail or extortion. Oh, it definitely does. Again. (laughs) It turns out that's exactly what we do. All the time. I'm no legal expert, but you do have some duty to take this offer to your client. The tape is yours. It's a copy. Uh, Oh, you know what? Since you, but you might want to fast forward because there's uh, uh, an X Files promo on it. I taped it off of FX. <laughs> say it's illegal. Maybe I should just go to the DA. But you should probably think that if the district attorney springs that in court tomorrow, you'll be hard pressed to claim unfair surprise, since I came to you first, Mr. Walters. You had to know about this tape the night of the shooting. Otherwise, you wouldn't have known to save it. 
So? So, the police questioned you. I got the report, so you withheld evidence. That's obstruction of justice, Mr. Walters. You could go to jail. Gee, maybe I should just turn myself in now. Now, I've got to say, that was a <clears throat> terrific performance from Taylor Negron there. He, like, comes in, he's a, he, he, you know, he's a guest actor, he's never been on the show before, comes in and dominates that room of all of these series regulars in a very entertaining fashion, and yet at the same time, like, it, it's sort of like a, a scenery-chewing role, but he doesn't really chew the scenery. Yeah, because he like, knows he has the upper hand the whole time, so he can be yeah. kind of flippant and tongue-in-cheek. He really dominates the room, which is what you want from a guest actor coming in. Keith, this feels like a nomination. It could be, could be. Stay tuned. So now Bobby's got to handle this professionally. He can't turn this into a lover's spat. No, this is why you don't sleep with your clients. What do you want me to say? How about the truth? Okay. We were having an affair, but I had just shot the man. I panicked. It's hard to to to, fl to turn course in the middle of your argument that you got raped to, I still got raped, but we were having sex, even though I just lied on the stand. I lied. I told him that we were friends. Why didn't you tell me? I was going to, but you basically told me not to. What? Our very first meeting, I remember your words exactly. You said that whatever I told you, you were stuck with, that you couldn't get me on the witness stand and say things that you knew weren't true. Do you hear that fiddle? I feel like somebody's being played like a little teeny fiddle. Mm, mm. That didn't mean lie. Bobby, don't deny it. You're the one that steered me to stick with the version I gave the police. I never told you to lie. Because we both know you're not allowed to. But you sure as hell warned me against the truth. His shrink took the stand, for God's sakes. How could you be so sure he wouldn't know? Because Robert told me that he never told him. He was afraid for anybody to know. The DA was exactly right. Robert didn't tell his psychiatrist because he didn't want him telling Mary. So you just murdered this guy? No, of course I didn't murder him! What happened? A week before, Robert came by here and said that he wanted to leave Mary and marry me. I had no interest in marrying him, so I turned him down. <whistles> then that night he came back, he proposed again. I said no again, and then he went into this rage, and the rest is exactly as I told you before. That's a much more believable story than we were just friends, and he tried to rape me. Yeah. He tried to rape me, I went for the gun, and I shot him. That's the truth, Bobby. If you choose not to believe me, I... <sighs> Time out. Sidebar. Yeah, sidebar. Am I allowed to set up a secret video camera in my hallway and tape people's coming and goings? Uh, I'm thinking probably not, although because it's a hallway, it's technically a public space. So if you're the owner of the building, you definitely can. I don't know if you can as a tenant. Good question, though. Definitely ethically pretty icky. Me. 
Take a lie detector. Excuse me? A polygraph. I, I thought it was inadmissible. In court. For you. Take a polygraph for you. I'm a better lawyer when I believe in my client. So it's in your interest. If How about when you're, you're sleeping with your client? Is the truth. Fine. Set up your polygraph. Forget about what you read, Vicky. They're deadly accurate. Set up Where your polygraph, hell? Bobby. So it's state to state. However, many states, you're allowed to record public officials, like police officers or people performing uh, taxpayer dollar services. Sure. However, private citizens without a waiver, it gets very, very tricky, even in public spaces. Yeah, that makes sense. Feels like that's how that should be. It, sh it probably shouldn't be. Uh, well, certainly that's changing now when that there's cameras everywhere and you've got people trying to exploit it all over the place. So yeah. probably going to get harder and harder, which is a good thing. For him. Oop, what I jumped. Oh, God, what are you doing? Since Time out. Is your hair black? Black. No. Polygraph. Polygraph. Were you afraid Robert Adler was about to kill you when you shot him? Yes. Were you in love with him? No. In love with anybody? Maybe. I mean, why don't mm -hmm. you telegraph it? Stay on the path, Johnny. Johnny, you're a little nosy. <clears throat> Did you plan to shoot Robert Adler before he attacked you? No. Do you think Bobby has a bigger penis than me? Well, I guess congratulations are in order. You have a client that not only seems to love you, she's telling the truth. Gross! So gross. So where are we now? I don't know. I guess everything depends on that Walters guy and that stupid tape. Bobby, probation pulled a sheet for me. He's got a prior on some insurance fraud. Mm. Walters? Mm -hmm. He was also indicted in some travel agency scam, but that hasn't gone anywhere yet. Oh, my God. The sleazy guy is sleazy? Because it gives him motive he can go to the police with. He can use that tape to make a deal with. Lindsay, you're friends with Helen Gamble, right? We'll try to sniff out whether she knows. Jimmy, drop whatever you're doing and research unfair surprise. So are they going to get Helen from a DA over to their team? You heard about it first, then. I, I want to know, damn it. I want the research. Just trying to find out what they it isn't have surprise. on the guy. Uh, then we're in trouble. Maybe we should just buy the tape from this guy like he wants. That's illegal. Look, my money says Walters isn't going to the DA. There's too much risk for him. Eugene, check it to this guy. I don't care if you are up all night. I need to be ready to discredit him. If that the video happens. speaks for itself. Why is everything a fight with you? If I ask you to do something, why can't you just do it? Bobby, because you're acting like a lunatic. Don't feed me that. You're having a great time with this. It's just one big hoot to Bobby. everybody. And don't you lecture me. If that video gets put in tomorrow, we are dead. So let's all just do our work. And I'm going to go down and lape some pipe. No. Well, they decided to cool it off, right? It's fun, actually. I, I, I don't know where we should be fun. Booing you. This is the kind of trial we used to dream of in law school, remember? Hello, you dreamed of mergers right. and acquisitions, Helen. Yeah. So Helen and Lindsay are old college buddies. I'm hoping there's uh, something more. Know, rumor has it that um, Bobby and this woman got something going. Yeah, I started it. I know how gossip distracts you. You still like him, Lindy? 
I knew it! See, you called it right in the pilot. Just eat your sandwich, Helen. You should ask him out. For his sake. This woman's trouble. Or maybe I'll ask him out. Go for it. Okay, stop right there. Signs that uh, this scene was written by a man. <laughs> <laughs> Go you ahead. Two super attractive younger women both talking about the hot guy who is sleeping with a third super attractive hot woman who, uh, and of course, like, Bobby is the stand-in for the writer who created the show. <laughs> It's basically just created a situation where all three women are talking about wanting this guy, the stand-in. Now, might they also attach a uh, handcuffed midget to the bed? Why do you ask? I'm just curious. Little person. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Objection! Objection! There will be an appeal. I'm going to give you your moment to bail out of that right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the opinions expressed here within are solely my own and do not uh, rope Keith into any of this. I shouldn't have said midget. I didn't mean to say midget, uh, but I said midget. And uh, <laughs> I meant to say little person. At least that's what I mean to say now. So yeah. thank you. It's a it's a ginge little person. Oh, wait, no. Can't say that either. feel like maybe we're going on a... Portions of the proceeds of this episode will be donated to the little person charity of Keith's choosing. A little fishing expedition here. I can't have dinner with a friend? Uh-huh. Well, I'll probably rest tomorrow. Then again, I might not. She's wearing a very short skirt to court. You didn't get my messages. What's the matter? Do we know anything? Is that videotape coming in? The DA would have to tell me. Unless it happens like the Walters guy said. If we claim unfair surprise, she'll say she knew about it. Well, we'll just have to wait and see, Eugene. Right? They're going to make out? They might. And from her symptoms, I concluded that she was in a mild state of shock. Now, you found signs of trauma. Absolutely. Doctor, is it possible a person could feign these symptoms? No. No, this was real. You examined the defendant how long after the shooting? Mm, I think a couple of hours. Can you really diagnose shock to a medical certainty? It's a judgment thing. And I made that call, yes. (laughs) Screenshot. Great shot. So this doctor we're hearing, very quickly, Ben Lemon, actor, was on a terrible episode of Next Generation, and theme song, hurrah, we did it. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) We're not doing the themes, the whole thing. I made it too long. No further. I see. And would it be possible for someone to go into shock after committing a heinous crime as well as being the victim of one? Yes. So it's possible, Doctor, that the symptoms you saw in Victoria Keenan could have been triggered by her committing murder, right? Well, it's conceivable, yes. Conceivable. Yes. Thank you, Doctor. 
Have they lost a case yet? No, right? They're six for six. No. Uh, no, they lost... Uh... Oh, no, I think you might be right. They've not lost. Counsel? The defense rests, Your Honor. Mm. Ms. Gamble. Interesting, because there's a gamble in that. He's gambling that they haven't gotten the tape. Play those goddamn crickets. <laughs> the prosecution rests, Your Honor. Closing arguments at two. Adjourned. Smarmy look from uh, Smarmy Mr. Walters. She bought the tape. She you bought knew. the tape. What? Don't you play dumb with me, Vicky. I saw your face. You knew Walters wasn't coming forward, and you weren't the least bit surprised when the prosecution rested. You bought that tape. How much do you want to know, Bobby? Tell me everything. Take your hands off everything. her. Yeah, oh, this is... How could I not? This is like the last remnants of like it's our trope is our hero roughs up a woman because she's acting crazy and that's somehow like okay. Illegal about it for me. So weird to open season two and feel so gross about Bobby. Right? Yeah, he's like like the hero of our show is like the worst <laughs> in this first season. Yeah, it's first episode. People snap your photograph in a restaurant. Not just the worst, but stupid. Like stupid and smarmy and irresponsible and like malpractice it, everywhere. Do. The same thing here. I, I, I like the tape. I bought it. It doesn't mean I committed murder. I shot him. I liked the tape. I bought it. She's in the hypothetical. Oh. In self-defense. You're a liar. <laughs> oh, Bob. Could she have fooled that test? It is so unlikely. I'm not looking for an apology, Take that, John. I Ty. just want the information. Could she have beaten that thing? It's like one in a million. Does she fall into that category? Absolutely not one in a million. Those statistics are incorrect. Polygraphs no. are not even close to that. No. Of the kind of person who could do it. Maybe. She seemed pretty cool in there, Bobby. Whether she's that pathological, it's anybody's guess. Okay, you can go. She is that pathological, isn't she? We don't know that. So statistics range anywhere between 70 to 90% in... Uh, in accuracy when done properly. So you probably skew towards the lower end of that, right? Because there's probably a lot of shitty polygraphs. Right. So in, in, instead of one in a million, it's like one in three. <laughs> one in four. I'm not sure I can get up there, Eugene. I beg your pardon. I don't know if I can stand on my feet and do the closing. Well, you don't have a choice. I mean, the judge isn't going to let you out, not at this point. I can't do it. 
This is when Yuji needs to bitch slap him in the face and be like, get your shit together. You made this mess. Now jump in the hole and dig your ass out, Bobby. Yeah, although that should have been in the cold open. Yeah. What do you mean you can't do it? We do it every day. The client is always guilty. We always do it. What do you mean you can't do it? I can't do this one. The first thing they teach you in law school is never, ever fall in love with the client. They don't teach you that. Well, they should. <laughs> yes, they definitely do. Maybe, maybe you crazy, but I, I don't know. I don't really care. What I do know is when the judge says I'll hear from the defense, you better get up. said he loved her? No, 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 Eugene said love. But I couldn't make out the end of the sentence because Big Head over here started up with a copying machine. Don't Once again, failing the Bechtel no, test. Rude. How could he love her? Why, do you like him? All the women just talk I about who Bobby likes. Defensive. I'm not defensive. You sound it. Thank you, Big Head. That's rude. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. You see how big this is? Yeah. You don't just fire off Five shots in a reflex. This thing has kicked. They still have not presented any motive, though. No. Well, I think I think they're saying that they had to like aim they broke up or something. To study. And she killed them because they were sleeping together. It isn't simple. She says she only remembers but that's all by pulling the trigger once. Right. Five shots, ladies and gentlemen. Boom, 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 boom. Now, when she was going over this in her office, yeah. didn't anybody discuss other choices of potential onomatopoeia? Because boom feels weak. You prefer bang? Yeah, okay, well, if they <laughs> should have cast Michael Winslow. <laughs> She's asking you to swallow. Unnecessary Police Academy reference. Oh! Follow self defense. I thought that was necessary. <laughs> Extras have let me down this episode. I know, they're too professional. Mmm. We'll now hear from the defense. Stand the hell up, Bobby, you sulking son of a bitch. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby. We know who the least valuable lawyer is. Bobby Donald said to me last night, uh, Eugene, you've basically been sitting here listening like a juror. What's your take on all this? And... When I told him, he thought that maybe I should be the one to tell you. But if you've been listening to all the witnesses like I have, weighing all the evidence, I don't have to tell you anything, do I? I mean, we all have the same question. Why? Why would Victoria Keenan murder Robert Adler? There is no evidence of any motive. Oh, they suggest that there must have been some affair, but they have to suggest that, otherwise they're stumped. But where's the proof? Did you hear any proof? Maybe I missed something. Did uh, you hear any testimony establishing an affair? You? Even Robert Adams, you, own psychiatrist, he got up here and he told you. He told you. 
There was no such affair. The idea was ridiculous. And the lady over there, I suspect she knows it's ridiculous, but she has to suggest it anyway because she's stuck. She's stuck for a motive. Did the prosecution put up a single witness to contradict what Victoria Keenan told you? Anybody? Man, he's leaning they hard into this no tape thing. Your time. Their whole case is boom, 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 and boom. Yeah. And they expect you to convince what else has got? a bunch of booms. Would have been more effective with. <laughs> you have testimony that Robert Adler tried to rape her. Evidence that she defended herself. No evidence. None to the contrary, other than five booms and a big gun with a trigger that's hard to squeeze. Reasonable doubt. I don't think I have to tell you anything. God, he's so good. Eugene. Eugene the pants. You know what I'm saying? I I, I don't. <laughs> Miss Gamble. I love how every time I play crickets, like, I can see you on the video, you look a little sad. Because <laughs> I, I deserved it. What you saw on that stand was a cold, ice-cold killer. Wait, was she cold or ice-cold? the perfect cold? crime was to invite the victim into her home... She got colder. ...shoot him and claim self-defense. No witnesses. Perfect. But no screams either. No bruises on her body. Just shock. I knew this was coming. A man just tried to rape me. I shot him in self-defense and I think he might be dead. Word perfect. If she gets off, Bobby is in trouble. When she's good, she's good. When she's bad, she bad. She's a murderer. Oh, swing and a miss. <laughs> Slow All right. crossfade. All right, Jerry. I mean, not guilty. It has to be. As the jury oh, be based on what they've heard. We have, Your Honor. The defendant will please rise. What say you, Mr. Foreman? In the matter of Commonwealth versus Victoria Keenan on the charge of murder in the first degree, we find the defendant not guilty. Actual Boston accent. Oh, also not guilty. Members of the jury, the court thanks you for your service, which is now concluded. This matter is adjourned. The defendant is free to go. So Bobby also has no proof that she was lying. He's just going on a lover's gut instinct here. That's right. Nice job, Bobby. Good job, Eugene. Bobby looks distraught like he's looked this entire episode. Cool transition there. Do you notice that? Yeah, that was cool. They uh, had a shot of them walking through the courtroom and then pulled back and it was the TV, but they clearly Come in. switched Come in. somewhere along the process. It was cool. Good job. Good, good special a, effect. Such a whirlwind. 
haven't had time to settle yet. Why didn't you get up to do the closing? Well, I just figured that Eugene could offer a better perspective and... We're not going to see any more of each other, are we? I don't know quite what to believe, Vicky. That's too bad. Well, you also killed somebody. Oh, it feels thanks. weird. Thanks again for getting me acquitted. <laughs> yeah. It's the least I could do. Self-defense. She just walks away. She gives a look. It could have been... Well, the, the score indicates that he's letting something that could have been real walk away. Sort of. Yeah, well, yes, that's true. But I, I, once we finish our, our pull-out from Bobby here, I definitely want to get your take. Okay, so based on that look that we just got from Kim Raffner, do you think she was telling him uh, it was self-defense? Or, no, I killed that dude? I think the former. I think everything up to that, the context leads me to believe that she she was telling the truth and that... Uh, I think all of the gray area and the overstepping caught up to Bobby and, and he was living in this soup of doubt and you know I don't blame her for buying the tape I think she did everything in her in her uh, you do everything in your power to get yourself off right I, I think yeah I understand it from that standpoint but for me watching like the look that she gave she gives him at the end says yeah I did kill him but I it was, like, it definitely I, was not a menacing look. Like no, no, it, it wasn't menacing, but it was sort of like a, it it was almost like a wink that wasn't a wink. Hmm. Like it wasn't quite a, like yes, of course I didn't. Of course it was self defense. How dare you doubt me? It was more of like a, huh. you know what uh, I mean? Well, that's, that's one of those things at. where collaboration is important because I don't think the score really supported that. Because no. The music was giving me a Bobby, like he's watching something that could have been important. Because, you know, they it's made a point to, to bring up that, you know, he hasn't been able to open his heart. You know, even though all these people are lusting after him, clearly, something blocks him. And this is one of those opportunities where he was opening. And unfortunately, once again, the practice got in the way. Yeah, well, there it is. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I, As someone who has suffered from this before uh, in, in his life, that... The people who are available, you're not your your heart is not open to. So your heart is only open to people who it's impossible to be with. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, I I feel that from Bobby. I get it. So like, no wonder, of course, he fell in love with a woman who had murdered somebody because he knew it couldn't possibly work. Well, he's Keith, protecting. You, you his know heart. more than anybody else that it takes a special woman to really blaze your heart. Indeed, indeed. Uh, all right, so that's it. But it's interesting that we both came out on different sides of whether or not she did it. Mm -hmm. Good job, the practice. I think that was. I think that's that's a really good sign for the episode. 
But uh, it, what's important is that they're now seven for seven. They are seven for seven. Yeah, I think so. I have to we have to go back and check. But we yeah. should uh, we should definitely keep a scoreboard. Yes. Of how they're doing. So uh, you know what it's time for. So, Degs, most valuable lawyer of season two, episode one. Who's off to a blazing start for uh, season two? You, Gene. Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer. Saves Eugene, the day. Again. Talks some sense. Bitch slaps Bobby when he needs it. I think Eugene is the only one who operated with any sort of sense today. Now, obviously, um, the DA ran a, I, I think it was a pretty... F- pretty weak case and a, an even weaker close so yep. uh eugene brought down the hammer and i think it's we have to give it to him eugene congratulations again uh you're off to a really good start golf clap golf clap yeah well i i calibrated the the number of claps that we have to listeners mm. so when we get more <laughs> listeners we'll get more applause nice <laughs> so uh yeah good job eugene um once again, being the only sane, competent lawyer, even if you're also ethically challenged and weird, you're at least good at lawyering. So uh, it is now time for me to find the... Se- oh, there it is. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Listeners, you really miss out because uh, Degs has choreography during that. During mm-hmm. that, uh, he always does the single tear down his face and plays the drums during that track. So, uh, if you're playing at home, uh, we'll have to do a uh, instructional video on Degs's <laughs> choreography during that theme song. Well, we had a lot of great acting in this. Uh, I thought that um, what's her name, the victim. Or the Kim Ravner, Victoria yeah, Keenan. I thought yeah. she gave a very nuanced uh, portrayal of, of doing exactly what we discussed a couple minutes ago about playing it straight down the middle, and you're not really sure, yeah, you know where she sits. Yep. But um, and Bobby even in his conflicted kind of mess, I thought was pretty pretty solid as well. Yeah, he was he was believably like really messed up while attempting to be competent, which is a hard thing to play. Yeah. Though I, I think my vote still goes to Steve Harris as Eugene, uh, who just the close was so good. He played it sort of like it was off the cuff, but at the same time, you know, well prepared and well delivered. And his his scenes with Bobby were really well done. I just think uh, Sean Harris is just Steve a, Harris. Steve, yeah, Sean. Wherever you are, you get it. You get way to go, Sean. Yeah, I think Steve really uh, he gets the double the double dip this week. The double dip. All right. Well, I think it's, you know, Steve Harris is kind of winning the show so far. Uh, But for me, I have to give it to the one scene Taylor Negron. I thought he, as I said, while during the episode, like he just came in and felt like the character was there and real. He was in control of the room. He was like entertaining. And I thought just did a really good job for a quick little guest spot yeah you know what i i i wholeheartedly endorse that in fact for the show i think that i'll even i'm gonna stick with my vote but i'll concede that for our if we ever do a somebody does a wiki of all of this i'll say that i think taylor can have the win because i think you're right it's excellent and not only that but he's basically a red herring right 
Well, yeah. I mean, it it ends up like he's he he stirs the plot and gets everybody, but it doesn't actually move forward with it. He actually buys off the tape, which I thought was an interesting little move. So, uh, congratulations to Taylor and Steve for your uh, best actor performance. And there's only one thing left to do, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. So what did you think about the season premiere here? I've really enjoyed it. I think it 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 continues the themes of last episode, right? Of the of the last season where we kind of got left in this weird gray place where they they win the case but it it feels a little ugly and in this we we live in that sort of sort of moral gray ground again where there's talking about blackmail and and Bobby is completely conflicted and we've got all kinds of crap happening. I think it's yeah, I I like that they're okay to just sit in it, you know, and that they're painting bigger pictures, and it's not just freak of the week. So I yeah, think yeah. you know, there's still some some schlocky bits that I'm I'm still adjusting to because it's the early '90s or I guess late '90s, late '90s, um, but still 20 know, years ago. They love to try to inject some like some inter office banter comedy stuff. Um, I, I think I'm going to give it a seven. Seven and a quarter spare tires. Seven and a quarter spare tires. Yeah, I I think that's a I think that's fair. Um, and I think based on the entertainment value of the episode, I think I would start it at a seven because I was you know I was compelled by it. Um, it's an interesting story. There's stuff going on. Some good performances, but that's where I start now. Unfortunately, I think this episode lost me right in the teaser because I just thought that Bobby making out with the client, I, A, I didn't find it believable. B, it's just like you're doing such a disservice to your lead character. And, I, and, and, and I'm okay with that if, like, with the lead character being flawed, making mistakes, if it feels earned, if it feels like it has a point, whereas... For me, it felt like it was a really good teaser they found a way to justify, where it doesn't really tell us anything about the about the character. It was just sort of like, I, ooh, without... I, it, I feel like it's, we're just not learning much about Bobby other than he makes poor decisions. But I don't know why. I don't know what's, what's generating it. Um, so you lose half a point for me on that. So you're down to 6.5. Now, we're not done. You, unfortunately, David, you lose another half of a point for that, uh, the, the shitty scene that fails the Bechtel test. The only time two women are talking together, they're talking about who gets to sleep with Bobby. Yeah. Um, and that just, it just doesn't, it just does not hold up well. Uh, you're, you're doing a disservice to your characters and to the actors. You can do better and will do better, which I'm excited about. So... So this leaves me with a six. You're getting six spare tires for the season premiere of The Practice. Now, the good news is, next week, another flawed but a fantastically fun episode. So look out next week for season two. You got anything else, Dex? Well, if we average that together, we come in around, we're going to say a 6.5 spare tires. Yeah, pretty much. Close to it. 6.6 seven yeah but no, that's six lame point, whatever what we no, round down we round down math. here we 
<laughs> the Out of Practice Podcast. We round out. Like our careers, we round out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the. Uh, this has been fun, Dex. Yeah, man. I'm season premiere. We are, we're season in premiere. now. We are totally in it. I'm excited to get into uh, season two. We're hitting our stride. Our cast is assembling. It's true. We, we, we How didn't do we really get, have all the Avengers. S- now, is she going to uh, boil? Is she going to stay at DA or is she coming over to the dark side? Well, I, I'm, I'm not giving you no spoilers. Uh, all right. I'm not telling you what's going to happen. I just, I will tell you that she's here for many, 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 many more episodes. All right. Yeah. And there's more than six per season now. Now, what's next? Uh, what is next week called? Uh, next week is called the season two, episode two. <laughs> okay, we didn't look that up. It's called betrayal. 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 It's gonna be uh, and this pretty exciting guest star coming in. So, well, look we out. we betrayed our podcast by not letting you know that you can reach out to us <laughs> oh, again. Out of practice podcast at gmail.com or visit us at out of practice podcast.blogspot.com for our extras extras podcast. Yeah, uh, blog. Yes, blog. We're the extra podcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Do not look up podcast. follow spot podcast. Do not like it on Facebook. No, three people liked it and it's been dead for 10 years. Laser sounds. Laser sounds. What is wisdom of one? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. <laughs> this podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of one. Failure is a way of life. Charisma of 20, but a wisdom.